Welcome to Clintonville on Call, the podcast of interesting conversations with people who reside or work in the neighborhood of Clintonville, Ohio. I'm your host, Susan Gauntz. Today, I continue my conversation with Brad Schwartz about the renovation of the Bull Co. House, which happens to be the oldest house in Clintonville. So Brad, what are some of the original features that still exist and that you've restored? Yeah, well, um, you know, when you own a house like this, you get very, very good at fixing and repairing and building things, or you either spend too, too much money Mm-hmm. Or uh, things don't get done. So the uh, so the home originally had gas lights, which was pretty advanced for its time. I mean, right. not homes, not, not a lot of homes had gas lighting, and it was heated by four shallow coal pile fireplaces. And and these aren't like wood burning fireplace. They're only I think about twelve inches deep, oh, yeah. and they had a what was it called a coal pile so you mm-hmm. you put coke which is a harder coal in there and those those burned slower and they interesting too the um fireplaces all have what's called summer fronts mm-hmm. the uh, metal thick metal piece like during the summer then you would put this decorative piece up and uh the one in the parlor uh has uh what looks to be to me, like a Shakespearean scene or something like that. There's a guy with a sword and there's a guy on the ground and a woman in the back shrieking and all this <laughs> stuff. So I've been wow. interested to try to yeah. figure out, I don't know who I would contact to try to figure out what scene that is, but it must be a pivotal scene in yeah. some play. And uh, so the house uh, has around it, uh, you know, I've got the masters in landscape architecture. So it, we have about 3,200 square feet of perennial gardens, uh, about 180 varieties of uh, perennials. To enter the door off the front porch, uh, you go through a what they call a coffin door. Mm-hmm. And it's called a coffin door. It's 42 inches wide, solid oak door. And it was wide enough to carry a coffin in and out of the house. So that's why they call it a coffin door. There's 11 transom windows. Ceilings are so high, about 10 and a half feet downstairs, 9 and a half feet upstairs, that in order to circulate air, they have these transom. And they're they're all operable. They have the metal rod oh, at the nice. sides and yeah. stuff that you yeah. pinch the thing and you move the rod and they open. So it would let air circulate through the mm-hmm. house that way. So uh, those, those are kind of cool. Those are usually not around anymore after all this right, time. Right, exactly. You know? A lot of people removed those. Right. right. So we were very lucky through that. And we found the remnants of an old screen door in the carriage house. And there was SM Co. carved on both sides with some agricultural motifs carved mm-hmm. into it. And he um, inherited the house. That was, that was Safford Merrick Co., SM Co., was the uh, oldest son of uh, Truman Co., and he inherited the house in 1890. And in 1890, they invented metal screening. Oh. So I could just see him, oh, I'm going to build a screen door. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I found it in the carriage house and the, the holes from the, uh, sc- uh, the hinges that would have been there matched the remnants of hole, the holes that were on the front. So we had a new uh, door made. And I, I removed the center board that was the carved piece and I mounted that on our porch wall now. So it's, oh. it's so we, we kept that. So, so the, the, uh, home's large entry, it's about 20 feet by 13 feet. So it's a pretty good size room. 
uh, has a turned staircase and a, a 23-foot ceiling that goes up to through the stairs. Then you enter the parlor off the entry through large pocket doors. It's one of two sets of pocket doors that are still operational. And I don't know how many hundreds of pounds each of these doors weigh, but they're solid oak and right. probably uh, eight and a half foot by four foot each. And it's just, I mean, wow. it's incredible. So what are the, what color are these stained? Is it dark or is it more of a... It's a natural patina. It was a yellow heart pine. Okay. Everything with all the uh, casings were made. You know, the guy owned uh, four lumber mills. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you could see that he set aside pieces, you know, mm-hmm. like like the, you know, the best pieces. One, one of the things that's intriguing in the house is the um, uh, all through the house has this yellow heart pine floor. And on our first floor uh, is covered up with the uh, typical... Uh, 1940s, one and a half inch wide oak flooring, which was kind of like a laminate of its day. You know, mm-hmm. It's a little thinner. But the second floor, uh, and but there's the heart pine underneath it. And the second floor we had exposed and refinished uh, probably about 15, 20 years ago. And I could see that there's a couple of boards a couple of floorboards that run the length of two rooms. Wow. Like a single board, because you can see that's the same width, because they're they're random width boards and yeah. not all the same width, you know. And huh. uh, yeah, but each room has a has its own kind of character to the floors and stuff. So there was some thought put into the yeah. process of, of figuring out what was going to go where. So the parlor again, there's ten and a half foot ceilings downstairs. Uh, fireplace is flanked by bookcases. The parlor fireplace is the most ornate. They all have American encaustic tile uh, in Newark, Ohio. Okay. American encaustic tile was was, and they started in 1875. And we were talking earlier that um, you know he. Uh, Co took about five years to build the houses because he had other houses in the area. And American Encaustic Tile was founded in 1875, and I can see him like, well, let's put the newest stuff in there. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. like, okay, dude, we're at the stage of finishing, you know, doing the finishes here. So, yeah. so we're, we're going to do that. But they, the, uh, in the corners of uh, the parlor fireplace are six inch square tiles. It's Queen Elizabeth I and her consort, Robert Dudley, oh. looking at each other from across the fireplace. You know, it's really? that, it was that unrequited uh, yeah. romance they had. And uh, so they, they're, and the, those I found out were the second and the third tile patterns that were made by American Encaustic Tile in 1869. So uh, why do you think they would make well, because it's a classic story yeah. that they, you know, she was she was the Virgin Queen, and uh, whether she was or not, but <laughs> but uh, they didn't scrimp when they built this house, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was uh, okay. let's put in the finest wood, and the, right. it has uh, the walls in the house are all three layer horsehair plaster walls. Wow. So they're very, very thick plaster, mm-hmm. and the horsehair was mixed into the plaster to act as kind of like a like a mini rebar system mm-hmm. to hold the uh, plaster together. So, uh, and because of that, I don't use any hammers in the house. Yeah, only only, only screws, and because uh, I don't want to uh, be messing up the thing on the front stairs in the entry. Uh, one of the first projects I did was. I couldn't figure out why, like every three or four feet, the plaster was soft on the walls. Yeah. You know, and I figured out that uh, it's from 
hanging on with your one hand and then bracing yourself against the wall as you're walking up and elderly people in the house doing this year after year oh, after year. Yeah. Every, every second step they took, they braced themselves on the thing. So I had to remove these areas, maybe like three square foot areas or something. Uh, and then replace it with new plaster. So really, was, you had to learn how to do all these thing. projects. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just surprising that their weight, I guess, against it well, over yeah, the years. You're, you're, you're you just, know, I mean, yeah. if you do it, uh, you know, yeah. a couple of times a day yeah, <laughs> in right. the same exact spot, you're rocking back and forth as you're going up and down the stairs. Yeah. You know? So uh, it was just something I had to figure out and take care of. The um, the downstairs bathroom was originally the butler's pantry off the kitchen. And when I took that walling off, I could see that they had a large subway tile. There was a remnants of the scars of subway tile. Oh. I could see where the cabinets were and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. But uh, I took some pictures of that. And, uh, um, and then the uh, kitchen is accessed off the central hallway, and it's evident that it was sited. The, the original sink when we moved in was at the back of the house, and directly underneath it is our sump pump hole in the yeah. basement floor, and you can see that there's a natural spring that continuously runs under our basement floor. Wow. So it was probably sited over that, and they would have mm -hmm. had the pump mm -hmm. you know, on the sink to get water from the uh, spring. So, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, stuff, you know, you take advantage of what's there. So if there's a running spring on your property, why not take advantage of that? One of the problems they probably ran into, though, was at the front corner of the house, there is a rock ledge that's mm -hmm. visible in the basement. And I'm sure that they sited it over the spring, and then they built a foundation out of the rubble stone that was probably quarried on site, and then came up to this rock thing, and then just had to make do over this rock ledge, you know, so because yeah. they weren't going to recite the house so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after right. all that. And then there's a, a servant stairs off the uh, kitchen. I was telling you earlier that there's a doorway at the end of the hallway that would have separated the kitchen and the servant stairs and the butler's pantry, all that from from the family, so you didn't have to, you know, see the help. Right. Uh, yeah. And then they would come down the back stairs. So yeah. Uh, it was also in the uh, I found in the upstairs hallway the remnants of a whistle hailing system. I had to look this up years ago. Oh. It was a thing that would pull out and then you would blow into it. Yeah. And it would. Uh, put a, like a whistling sound through it, and that would hail the uh, staff. Oh, my God. <laughs> so there was the remnant of this pipe is still in the wall. And I, yeah. and then at the back of the house, we, we only looked for homes, when we were looking for homes, that were on the south side of the street mm -hmm. because we wanted to build a conservatory off the back of the house. Okay. So, so, so we did that, and it would be the south-facing, mm -hmm. you know, for the right. conservatory. We, we did that. Is this where the Florida room was? Or well, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, the, originally there was a Florida room, so I... I used the shell of the Florida room, and there's already a concrete floor there. Um, and then I extended it over, west a little bit, over what was originally the rear entry stairs to the basement, you know, for gathering uh, vegetables and stuff and putting them in cold storage in the basement. Yeah. So I, I built it over that because uh, I built a laundry room off the carriage house, and, and that's over that thing. We used the 
stairway, which okay. is still there as a kind of a chase for uh, electric and plumbing and all. Okay. So that's that we use that area for that. So Colleen was, uh, we, we were expecting our uh, daughter at the time. And she said, I do not want to be going down into the basement to do laundry anymore. Right, so, yeah. I, so I just continued that over and uh, yeah, we that's put the nice. laundry room there. Yeah. So it's a first yeah. floor laundry. And then on the second floor are three bedrooms and a nursery suite are the main bedroom is originally a nursery suite, and it's connected between the two rooms by nine-foot-high swinging doors. And they're about three and a half feet wide each or something, mm-hmm. so the whole wall kind of opens up, you know. Yeah. And we actually use it as a nursery suite for our kids because it was, it was convenient, you know, right. to have it right there. Uh, since then, changed it into, I put a built-in closet in there. There's a dressing area, and we have other cupboards and stuff. So we've And then the third floor... When we moved in was just open joist to the to the mm-hmm. world with a slate roof over. I, I was in the energy research business at the time when we bought the house and I had access to what's called a Baccarat door tester okay. that you put in your door and it measured just above an open field. <laughs> You know, so there, oh my god! Because so there was yeah. no insulation in the right. house, yeah. and the ceiling, you know, the roof joists were open. So I super insulated, you know, with R thirty eight and the in the seat in the roof joists, mm-hmm. and then we had the side walls blown, and I've redone all the windows in the house and stuff yeah. like that. And it's much, uh, it's much. Did you tight. replace the windows? They're all original windows, and except for one window. They're 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 one over one window, so mm-hmm. there's a pane up top, a pane in the bottom, right. and uh, they're six feet high, so they're mm-hmm. they're huge pieces of glass. Right. And except for one window in the house, which is off the driveway, they're all original glass. Mm-hmm. So would you reglaze them? Like what did you do? I took them apart. I, I took the casings out, reinstalled them. And then reglazed around them, and so there's just the, the, so they're all the wavy glass, yeah, the leaded which is kind of neat because yeah. they they create interesting designs on the wall and on the floors. When the, when the light comes through and there's trees outside, you get this dancing on the walls of, yeah. of, the, of the light. Pretty so this one pane. I was always wondering why that one pane was not original. And then uh, years ago, I was taking a two by four out of the uh, car. Uh, and I, I backed up with it, and it went right through that window. So I thought, this is why that window was not original, and I right. broke the same one. Yeah. So, yeah. But all the others are, um, yeah, there's like 24 windows, I think, in the house, and yeah. uh, it's all that original glass, which I like to keep. I built storm windows for the house. They're on magnetic strips, okay. and those can come on and off, and that, that tightens the house up a lot. So lots of projects. Well, tell me about the carriage house. Yeah, we have a carriage house. It's um, 24 by 20, so it's a pretty good-sized building, two-story, mm-hmm. and uh, it was built in the 1840s. Originally, the the carriage house was uh, part of the property of the Methodist minister who ran or founded the Clinton Chapel, mm-hmm. uh, which is across from where McDonald's is now on High Street South of North Broadway. Right. And that it was part of a um, uh, funeral home and is now a daycare center up on the hill a little bit. And if, if you look at it, there's a middle gabled stone 
portion of it, and that was the original Clint Chapel. So that carriage, his property, the parsonage, I guess, was where McDonald's is now. And uh, that house was moved to East Como and totally redone. There's really nothing original. But it was that house was built out of solid walnut. Wow. Can you imagine that, using yeah. walnut for joists? And so yeah. they probably just had the walnut trees. Right, yeah. But I, I can't imagine trying to, mm-hmm. you know, pound nails into those or, or yeah. cut those things. But... Um, um, so the carriage house was there, and then sometime around 1880 or so, they moved the carriage house from that property, and there were no other houses around, so it wasn't that as much yeah. of a deal as it sounds. Put it on wagons, and then moved it to our property, and just plunked it in place huh. uh, without any foundation or anything. I've I've since um, put cement blocks under the corners uh, to get them off the ground. I cut them off to back to the uh, good wood, you know, mm-hmm. and then and then put them on these blocks. So, uh, and then in in the carriage house, it's very um, primitive. There, it's all mortise and tenon, so no mm-hmm. nails. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, joists for the second floor are just stripped logs. Oh. So they're not pieces of wood or anything. They just yeah. laid stripped logs down, and that was the floor here for the floor. So uh, yeah. about, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago now, I um, installed a floating floor above those stripped logs. So you still see the stripped logs, but if you go up to the second floor, there's a like a more modern-looking floor that you can't see from downstairs because I wanted it to remain as uh, original-looking as possible. So uh, it's all these... um projects that I refer to as a labor of insanity. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's a labor of love. Labor of love. Yes. That's right. <laughs> while, you're, you're, while you're doing the things, like, why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, how did you verify that the house was the oldest house in Clinton, though? Yeah, well, the um, State Historic Preservation Office, uh, it's called the SHPO, helped us with the National Register app. They did a lot of research for mm-hmm. us, and then I, we did research also, and then just back to, um, you know, just lo- locally known lore. Right. There are a few smaller houses in the area that predate our house, but I, I, I should say our house is the largest big house, or yeah, the largest right. you know, main house in the area. And interesting, too, that the only reason it still exists mm-hmm. is because it faces north-south. Okay. So when they put the streets in, it didn't conflict uh, with the street pattern. If it was faced east-west, right. they probably would have gotten rid of it. You know, Lake, we're on East Lakeview Avenue, and there was a lake at one time. There uh, was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the original Olentangy... Uh, Amusement park. Yes, I know. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they took advantage of this marshy lake. They had their duck boats out on there that you could rent and, and all that. And then during the so that was near Olentangy or Kelso, the, right? Well, Olentangy Village, the, yeah. the apartment apartment complex, and then yeah. the Giant Eagle there, right. like that. That was all part of the Olentangy amusement park. Right. And but where the, was the lake situated? Well, the lake was uh, in the park. Okay. And uh, during the Works Project Administration in the in the 30s, mm-hmm. they channelized Olentangy River. Oh, and, and and with with concrete, and then it became a river instead of the lake. And yeah. I I know some people that live on West Lakeview, and they say kind of jokingly, you know, yeah. that uh, the lake sort of reappears if it rains too much, <laughs> like it reappears in their basement. And you, if you look down West Lakeview and, and a couple of the other streets near there, you can see where it goes down for a while, and it takes a sharper dip. Mm-hmm. And that was the uh, eastern edge of the uh, lake that was okay. there. So uh, one year we 
removed asbestos shingling that was on the outside of the house, mm-hmm. you know, which made it look kind of yeah. dour and, you know, and then we exposed the original siding. We, you know, wrapped up each of the uh, shingles and then disposed of them properly. So I spent a whole summer sanding the original clapboard siding with a hand sander. You know, after oh we had it, after <laughs> we had uh, the one layer of paint that was on the house, yeah. we had that blown off with this uh, by this company that came in and they used uh, walnut shells and stuff uh-huh, like that to right. blow onto the house to get rid of the paint, and then I sanded it, and then we painted with a. Uh, uh, a solid color opaque stain. So it's not a paint, but it's it's mm. it's a water-based stain. You know, being 150 yeah. years old now, the, the the wood is very, very dry. So the first coat of this stuff I put in just totally soaked into the wood yeah. and didn't even look like it was painted. So I did three layers and then just the last year and a half I repainted after the 30 years mm-hmm. now. I about a year and a half doing that. We have a seven color paint scheme on the outside. So okay. it's not high Victorian. It still looks like a farmhouse, right. but it's dressed up quite a bit. So yeah. I, I accented some of the details on the house with the color. So, um, And uh, what is the um, ornamental roof, like the peaks of your roof? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's called cresting. Okay, cresting. Cresting. And okay. uh, at the corners of the... Uh, gables. It has a number of gables on the roof, which makes mm-hmm. it look kind of interesting too. Yeah. And at the uh, at the far corners of the gables are uh, turned caps. So they're about a foot tall. They look okay. tiny from the ground, but yeah. they're they're about a foot tall and they're made out of metal. And uh, and then they just give like an end piece to the uh, gables. Does yeah. it have to do with like rotting the water? Yeah. Um, the gutters well, the, the, the gables and the roof edge, the top edges, are covered with uh, metal. You know, like, like you would do a uh, like a shingle roof. Now you put a shingle course on the top yeah. you know, to, to cascade the uh-huh. water down. Right, like right. A, okay. They use metal. So um, the end caps, uh, the turned caps are more decoration than anything. Okay. One more thing about the roof. <sighs> a very early project that I did, the... the House has what's called stop gutters. Mm-hmm. So they're not dropped gutters like off the ed- edge of the house. These are perpendicular pieces of wood that are attached at the bottom course of the slate. So it's about a foot and a half in from the edge of the roof, okay. like all around the house. And these are perpendicular boards and then they're they're braced mm-hmm. and then they that's what channels the water down to the gutters. Oh wow. Interesting. And it was it was used for about ten years in yeah. in history. The house just happened to be yeah. built at the time. And one of the first projects I did, I replaced every inch of that stop gutter all the way around the house. And uh, so there was a... Well, was, you didn't... Did you replace it or restore it? I, I replaced them because they had rotted out of oh, it. I see. Yeah. I see. And then we had them um, uh, lined with um, metal okay. and then a rubber membrane also okay. uh, to keep them from uh, rotting again. But I used, uh, you know, they didn't have pressure-treated lumber yeah. when they put these things up. <laughs> right. I used really good pressure-treated lumber, and I yeah. built new um, bracing chocks, you know, yeah. to uh, hold them in place. And they've, not going yeah. whatever, they've held up That's over amazing, the years. Brad. Well, it was a big project. Yeah, I <laughs> guess. Know? Yeah. yeah. The... the uh, uh, there was a guy named Randy who worked for the uh, roofing company who did the lining thing. And every once in a while, I'd, I'd hear him scream out, Holy Mother of God! 
God. Actually, you know, like, he was slipping down or something. Oh, my God. And, and I said, Randy, you okay? He goes, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a... Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, because the yeah. roof is very, very steep. Oh, yeah. And then slate is yeah. slippery, you know. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And we're on a like, like an annual contract mm-hmm. uh, for slate replacement every year. Yeah. They come out and they maybe replace like 10, 12 slates or something yeah. and eventually end up with a new right. slate roof. But they're very, very expensive. You yeah, know? yeah. But this way we just keep the maintenance up. Yeah. You know? The um the, the house was built before sheet goods. And mm-hmm. sheet goods are things like plywood yeah. and then like and uh gypsum board and things like that. Okay, yeah. They're all, you know, four by eight sheets. Well the house was built before sheet goods, so yeah. nothing is on centers. Yeah. They didn't have any thought about, oh, we're gonna put these joists sixteen inches apart. Or right, yeah. we're, we're gonna need about eight for yeah. this wall. Yeah. And they just kind of put them in randomly. And they're also not totally flush to each oh, other yeah. because they made it up with the plaster, right? So they're, so when you're putting, when you're redoing a room, we haven't done many rooms like that, but uh, when you redo, you have to shim out common depth and all that. Yeah, so yeah. there's, there's some more work to be done. I'll, I'll share this real quick story about we, the uh, ceilings have, we, when we moved in, most of the ceilings were falling down and I laid on the floor in most of the rooms for a long time trying to figure out what, what to do with the ceiling. Just yeah. them hoping that something would come to me. Right, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, we subscribed to the Old House Journal uh, magazine. And there was an ad, you know, pre-internet again, mm-hmm, you know. Right. There was an ad in the back of the magazine for this Anaglypta paper, mm-hmm. uh, an 1880 product that was made in uh, by the Crown Corporation in Britain. And uh, it's to mimic decorative plaster ceilings so they they have oh. like maybe a dozen different patterns that oh, you can cho- use and they're they're 22 inch wide paper rolls okay. but they're really really thick and you have yeah. to use a clay-based adhesive to mm. attach so what i ended up doing was i rented a panel lifter i uh, screwed three-eighths inch plywood to all the ceilings mm-hmm. and then we covered it with this you know did the edges and stuff and then we covered it with this anaglypta paper and then that paper has to be painted so we have painted ceilings in the house so wait is the that paper textured is that right. what you're it's, saying it's like a it has designs in it. Okay. So they they have like twelve different ones to choose from. But they're they they the Crown Corporation still uses the same dyes they used in eighteen eighty to still wow. make this paper. You know, so yeah. it, so it was period to the how, you know, and it and it, and it looks great, you know, and, and uh, you'd think they were um, decorative plaster ceilings and right. uh, I forget about some of these projects that took months. Yeah. And and uh you just Oh, oh yeah, right. yeah, I guess I did that. I appreciate you listening to Clintonville on Call. I'd like to thank Brad Schwartz for being my guest again today. Jamie Moriarty created the music for Clintonville on Call. If you want to hear more from this local artist, you can find him on Spotify under the initial J and then Moriarty. You can leave comments on the Clintonville on Call Facebook page or website. Thanks for listening.